0: Hey, it's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. A little bit of uh, follow-up needed on the recent G7 meetings, followed by the NATO meetings, proposed new members. And what's really in the official statement as uh, was, intru- was issued after the meeting in Madrid? Uh, questions on the table. is European, Is a European power realignment really underway? Is there an overlap in the East where prior to this it was more East versus West? Russia, Ukraine and its effect around Europe uh, on a power uh, level between the powers that be as well as the economics and the elements of the economics that really matter. Dr. William Parker, uh, founder of Parker Maritime Technologies, uh, they build systems to make ships more fuel efficient and quieter, large ships, and also of course author of Guaranteeing America's Security in the 21st Century a course load, not just at the Naval Academy, but for all of the David Webb listeners out there. Bill, my friend, good morning.
1: David, it's great to be back on your show, and uh, happy 4th uh, to day late.
0: Well, that's all right. You know what? I celebrate America every day. I don't wait for the 4th, and I keep it going afterwards, as I know you do. But, you know, I put a lot on the table there, but I think it's important to put these elements together, Bill.
1: David, I agree with you. You, know, you look at the fact that uh, you know, NATO has 30 members, 21 of which are also members of the EU. Um, but the reality is that NATO goes as the U.S. goes. The, the Supreme Allied Commander is always an American four-star uh, general or admiral. Um, and when you look at the Madrid summit declaration and, and what the statements are, Uh, The reality is that NATO and the EU, but NATO in particular, is thirsting for leadership right now. Um, And the United States has always provided that leadership. Um, When you go back and look at January of 1994, I know that seems like a long time ago, but uh, that's when uh, President Clinton said a a hopeful and historic breakthrough that enhances the security of the United States, Russia, Russia, And Ukraine um, was how he uh, how he stated the agreement that was made that if uh, the Ukrainians gave up their nuclear weapons. And remember, at this point, they were the third largest nuclear power in the world um, that we would we, the United States and the United Kingdom would ensure and, and Russia would ensure their safety and security. Um, so the Ukrainians gave up their 1,240 nuclear warheads. Uh, they gave up their 176 intercontinental ballistic missiles. They gave up their 592 nuclear warheads that were on their uh, bomber aircraft uh, with the assumption that they would be protected um, by Russia, the United States, and the United Kingdom if they, if they gave those weapons up. And um, here we are today.
0: So, looking at this and going forward, going forward, and to my question about a realignment, and given your, you know, laydown of the overlap between member nations, EU members, uh, latest pronouncement, who's next in line? Questions about Ukraine, for that matter, although in the middle of a war right now, uh, is, is there a realignment? Uh, potential here and you know bill in the past it was east versus west right the soviet block days uh i think it's more complex now because a lot of
1: the east likes the west that's right a lot of the east likes the west and um and some of the west at least thirsts for the uh the oil and um and the the purchasing power of the east and those are both important points Uh, You know, when you when you look at the amount of money uh, that is spent uh, every year with uh, transitions uh, in in um, in uh, sources, resources, et cetera, between uh, Europe and the United States, it's huge. Um, So there is a um, there is a change happening here, but I think the change is more in leadership than it is on picking sides. Uh, on, on where does the EU and where does NATO in particular look for leadership right now? And, and that to me is, uh, is probably the bigger issue. Um, but there, there's also, you know, NATO right now looks at who are its largest uh, militaries. Um, the United States by far is number one. Turkey is number two. Uh, and when they look at actions being taken – uh, you know, yes, a lot of uh, countries are providing uh, weapons and are providing uh, support in other ways. Um, but um, to date, um, the, the drones that have been sent into country that are that are actively supporting events there on the ground, um, uh, certain missiles that have been sent in to protect um, uh, the Ukrainians where they can. Um, much of that is happening from Europe itself, not necessarily a bad thing um, at all. But uh, certainly if Ukraine is going to survive and is going to survive the next couple months, um, then something more than just providing arms is going to have to happen. All right, um, as far as the as far as the no, go ahead, finish your thought. Uh, as far as the alignment goes, though, Um, I think you are going to uh, see a a growth in NATO. Um, I think you are going to see potentially, potentially, um, Turkey being pulled into the European Union, something they've wanted for a very long time. Um, I also think that you are eventually going to see here an adjustment in leadership uh, in NATO if things don't change here in the near future
0: there's so much here i actually have about five different ways uh questions in the form of a question of course uh with this and you know to your points about the need for leadership leadership requires real world support and as you mentioned when it comes to nato we are not only just the leadership we are the resources and you know arguably now, or understandably now, especially with the economics of the world, the way they are here in the United States, uh, talk of recession, lots of other issues. Americans are asking the question, why are we the resource? Why are we always the resource? And when will other nations step up? Uh, The Trump administration pushed for NATO members not just to pay their fair share, but to put in their resources.
1: And that
0: has gone away.
1: Yeah. Um, You know, I I think this is one area where um, the last administration had it uh, had it spot on Um, that uh, if you're a NATO member and if you enjoy the the safety and security of being a NATO member, then uh, you need to pay your fair share. And that wasn't happening. And then within paying your fair share, what is that money being spent for? Uh, not to send uh, uh, members to college, et cetera, but to actually spend money on arms, ammunition, and and being able to put warheads on foreheads, and that um, that did change uh, under the last administration, and uh, I think that pendulum is uh, is swinging back a bit now, um, but but certainly there there needs to be um, a requirement for all uh, of NATO to to uh, pay their fair share, no doubt about that. Um, there, you know, there's also the reality that, that $7 trillion of commerce takes place between the U.S. and the European Union. That, that's a, a mighty large number. And so when you look at it just from a financial perspective, uh, there's that relationship uh, as well. And as we mentioned earlier, 21 of the 30 members of uh, NATO are also members of the European Union. So um, there, there is this uh, dual uh, relationship that is important here.
0: My guest, uh, Dr. William Parker, founder of Parker Maritime Technologies and author of Guarantee in America's Security in the 21st Century. You know, to our security going forward, you you mentioned Turkey earlier, Bill, and I got to tell you, that's one area where I I can never seem to get a a clear path forward. Uh, Does Turkey turn uh westward to nato does turkey turn you know it's eyes towards the middle east it's that bridge uh, and as you as you say then effect, uh accurately the largest second largest military so turkey is turkey is complex
1: to say the least turkey in my opinion is is maybe the most complex player uh even beyond uh, russia uh and I, and I say this because if you're um President Erdogan, and you're you're sitting in the capital right now and you look around who's around you uh, you've got Russia, you've got Iran, you've got Azerbaijan, you've got Armenia, you've got Syria um, those are um, those are some that's a pretty tough neighborhood uh, you know Syria with massive refugees uh, out of the war. Uh, coming up into Turkey and, uh, and, and, and Turkey having to deal with the refugee issue. Iran uh, speaks for itself and the complexity there. There's been a, over 100 years of, uh, of uh, complex issues um, between uh, Turkey, a Muslim country, a, a westernized but Muslim country, and Armenia – um so that border has been closed for a very long time so if you want to get into armenia for example you can't fly directly from turkey you have to go into well previously you had to go into uh, russia and then fly into armenia from there so there's a it's a very complex neighborhood and then add to that the fact that the russian ambassador to turkey is uh, executed on tele on public television um, by a, uh, a security guard, a Turkish security guard. Um, as soon as that happened, uh, the first phone call that Erdogan gets uh, after his uh, security people uh, inform him of this, of course he's watching on television, uh, is from uh, Putin who comes on and says, "We're still uh, close friends. Don't worry about that. Those things happen. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's quite the statement to be made um, uh, after your ambassador uh, is executed. So um, so it is complex, but at the end of the day, it is certainly uh, clear right now anyway that, that Turkey has leaned into its NATO membership, which is a, a good sign, uh, and we need to ensure that we uh, continue that relationship in positive ways we can. Say, Dave, you also have the concern, yeah, if I just Dave, you also have that one concern here that... Afghanistan, when we we left there with this this debacle the way we left, we left a lot of complex equipment behind um, and a lot of costly equipment behind, not to mention all the all the people and their misery. Um, and so when when that was done, and then you compare that to Ukraine today, uh, we do need to make sure that if Ukraine falls, that we don't have a lot of complex and expensive equipment in there, too. But there's no reason for Ukraine to fall. And the reality is, had we made them a NATO member, and I said this on your show way before the invasion from Russia, had we made them a NATO member then, I do not believe that this attack would have ever happened.
0: Uh, Staying within Turkey for the moment, and, and economics, right, the foundation of any nation, you can afford all else when your economics are good. Uh, Turkey's inflation, 80% in June, highest level in, uh, I believe, a decade plus or, or more. And is it, Turkey's leaning, if you will, to the to NATO more out of necessity, given some of the things we've talked about here in its relationship with Russia and in leading to NATO, does Russia let it happen or push back?
1: Um I don't think Russia really has a choice other than they can push back uh, with with oil and and with some other um, uh, resources. Uh, but the reality is that Turkey can stand uh, on its own. Yes, they have a massive inflation going on right now. They've dealt with this in the past and they'll deal with it again. Um, but I, I think they can. I think the, the reality is that Turkey, like most other country, don't have friends; they have interests, and uh, and their interest is their own survival, and quite frankly, their party survival right now. Uh, and and so, in order to do that, they need to pick a side, and and, uh, and they've done that, and they they've picked the NATO side, um, and they have uh, asked again to rejoin uh, the or Ur- to join the European Union. Uh, so I, I think that's the side they have picked, and we'll see how that plays out. But certainly, um, with oil. Uh, in particular, um, countries are going to suffer a little bit for the, in, in the short term, um, which is why shutting down the Keystone pipeline and shutting down other assets. And, and the reality is, and we can get into this, and again, maybe one of your other shows. But um, the fact that the United States is not building Coast Guard icebreakers rapidly to ensure that we can get into that part of the world that and we can drill, and, and right now we've basically turn that over to to the Russians and now the Chinese that have the capability to do that kind of icebreaking. And we need to get those uh, those icebreakers to, um, to the Coast Guard and to the Navy so that we can drill where and when we need to and want to.
0: Yeah, very important point. Uh, even the British are considering that side note. I had a conversation with uh, the guys from the HMS Protector when they were in New York, a British icebreaker. And uh, there, there's a lot that's needed here. Uh, Bill, it's always informative, my friend. I appreciate it. Uh, always appreciate your book. Uh, it's still, you know, I don't know how many times I have a question. I look at something, I think back over the years and I go and I find that part in a chapter. Uh, but it, it is necessary for us to look at these things because they do affect us here in this country.
1: David it's always great to be back on your show thanks for keeping uh, the American public and, and the world uh, informed it's uh, it's important and your show is doing a great job of that thank you Dr. William
0: Parker founder of Parker Maritime Technologies uh, they built systems for large ships uh, that uh, make them more fuel efficient and quieter somewhat important in today's environment uh, to say the least and author of guaranteeing America's security in the 21st century we are here. We are into it and we have to guarantee it as Americans. Thank you, Bill. You can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon East on Sirius XM Patriot 125.